0: Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of Sprott Gold Talk Radio. I'm your host, Ed Coyne, Senior Managing Director at Sprott Asset Management. Today, we've got two special guests joining us, and we're going to do our best to cover a lot of ground in a short period of time. With us today is our very own John Hathaway, Senior Portfolio Manager of the Sprott Gold Equity Fund, along with a new guest, Fred Hickey. Fred is the editor of the High Tech Strategist Investment Newsletter. And in honor of the master's, I'd like to start this by saying, hello, friends, and welcome to Sprock Gold Talk Radio. Thank you both for joining the Macro Gold Roundtable. Now, Fred, I believe you and John have known each other for some time, but can you tell our listeners a bit more about yourself, your background, and your publication?
1: I uh, graduated from the University of Notre Dame. I was a financial guy, accounting, didn't do a lot of accounting. Eventually made my way into uh, via a stock analyst for a brokerage firm in Boston, boutique in, in, in the technology world. I've been writing the newsletter since 1987, so that's 35 years, published every month. And primary focus has been technology all these years, but in the early 2000s period when I saw what the Fed was doing, which was getting increasingly out of control. I started to put a lot of my money into the precious metals at that time, which was a good decision. I also knew that at that time, the tech bubble, which I had been shorting through put options, uh, that we're likely to go through a, a long-term decline in tech. And we did. That We had a lost decade in, in stocks in tech in the early 2000s, for the whole decade. And I've continued to be involved uh, heavily in the precious metals, gold, silver and gold mining stocks and silver mining stocks throughout this period because the Fed has only gotten crazier and crazier. Couldn't have ever imagined that we'd be talking about printing trillions and trillions of dollars as they have been doing. So I'm, I have feet my feet are in both camps, uh, on both the precious metals and gold, although I, I would like someday to go back solely to tech.
0: And John, many of our listeners are already familiar with you and your work at Sprott. But for some of our newer listeners, would you please highlight your general role at Sprott and your day-to-day?
2: Sure. I joined Sprott a couple of years ago. Before that, I had been at Tocqueville Asset Management and founded and managed their uh, gold fund, called the Tocqueville Gold Fund, which has been renamed the Sprott Gold Equity Fund. And as far as my daily routine, uh Every day we have a morning call, uh 1130 Eastern, and there can be as many as 10 or 12 on the call or as few as five or six, but it usually consists of our research team uh, of, of six people and uh, some of the other portfolio managers, and we talk about the news of the day, and we go into uh, one or two of our holdings in depth. Full immersion in in the precious metal space sometimes we talk about macro and uh but mostly we talk about companies
0: it's great to obviously have you now you've been here with us for a couple of years at Sprott, and obviously your, your track record and, and experience speak for himself fred i'd like to start with you and it's a bit of a statement and i will get to my question but i think it's worth highlighting what's really going on today you know we've got a number of macro level themes playing out simultaneously Um, Including and hopefully the end of COVID. But we've also got the Russian invasion in Ukraine. Because of that, we've got unprecedented sanctions on Russia. Inflation continues to be sort of a thorn in the side of both sides, whether it's on the consumer side or on the industrial side. The Fed policy is starting to rear its head and try to, to, to taper. We've got a wholesale reworking of the energy supply line and supply chain. And, and, and last but not least, midterm elections coming up in November. And I'm quite certain I've even left out a few things. Um, so I guess my question is this. When trying to understand the direction of both the economy and general markets, particularly you know when you look at things from a tech point of view, what guidance or tools do you tend to lean on to help make sense of all the things going on today?
1: Well, the answer is I'm working all the time. Uh, I'm on the internet. I use all sorts of resources, uh, both tech and goal related. Uh, I also have uh, substantial contacts that I've developed over the 35 years I've been writing the letter and everything from the Wall Street Journal to very detailed sites that are very specific to Asian technology
2: information.
0: Well, and I find it interesting that you, you focus on technology, yet you're also a believer in gold. I mean, those, could, those are two completely opposite ends of the spectrum. And I think that's fascinating to think about, particularly as our listeners listen to this particular podcast and think about how can they leverage things like gold when they're building out their portfolios? Because nothing can be farther from each other than technology and gold. You know, one's a yellow rock and, and one is not. And uh, I just think that's fascinating that you've applied both in, in the way you look at the world.
1: Well, I, I talk about it as if it's a yin-yang for me because they are po- I think they're polar opposites. Mm-hmm. When the stock market is doing well and things are, are swell in the world, then uh, gold usually is out of favor. And that's if you go through the decades, that's the way it's been. We had a great bull market in the 1970s for gold, and it was a very difficult market with a big crash in the mid-70s for stocks. And then in the 80s through 2000s, we had the greatest tech bull market. Uh, and that was a 20-year bear market for gold. And then in 2000 timeframe, we went into the lost decade for stocks. And then we had a massive gold bull market. And so that's the way it goes. And it works out very well for me as long as I know where, where we are.
0: Right. Well, it's amazing. Gold continues to do its job in times of stress. And, and John, I think this is a good time to, to get your view on that as well. You know, how do you prioritize some of these themes? You're constantly moving stuff to the front burner and the back burner, When looking at it from constructing a portfolio, walk our listeners through that from a portfolio manager's lens. How do you look at all these things going on and how does that apply to your portfolio?
2: I focus on the macro. I spend a lot of time on that. And then it boils down to individual company analysis. Right now, we're really on the cusp of breaking out to new highs. Gold, and this sort of echoes Fred's comments, is uh, the inverse of the stock market. So I would say that the fact that gold is breaking out is, is probably bad news for mainstream investors who are relying on conventional investment strategy. And when people ask me what has been the main headwind for gold, it's been really two things. One is the constant talk about the Fed getting more hawkish and rising interest rates are, are in theory very bad for gold. And then secondly, it's that the comfort level of 98% of all investors with the strategies that have done very well for them over the last 10 years. And, and, and I think we should talk about this and really wanna hear from Fred on what he thinks about it. But I think the world has changed dramatically for a couple of reasons. Most people think it's the Ukraine. I, I, I wouldn't dismiss that as being a major factor, but I think without the Ukraine, And the scary aspect of that, we were already in a new world because the Fed is basically out of bullets. And I think the fact that more and more people are realizing it is really bad news for stocks. There's no middle ground. They cannot tame inflation without cratering the economy. And if they crater the economy, then whatever earnings people are expecting aren't gonna happen. So the stock market has to go lower or they basically uh, allow inflation to um, continue to run very high. And if that's the case, then that also has a negative effect on asset valuation. So that I think that's where we are. And I think that's something we should really spend some time on.
1: Yeah, I agree completely. When tech stocks are going crazy as they were, and you had a giant bubble, uh, the greatest stock market bubble that uh, I've ever seen in terms of valuations, on a price-to-sales basis, the stock market went 35% above an all-time record high, which was at the dot-com bubble. And I thought I'd never see the dot-com bubble again, but here we are. And then also on a price-to-GDP basis, we were 30 to 50% above there, too. So this was the greatest bubble we've ever seen. And in addition to that, there was also a bond bubble where real rates went to historic lows. And in a typical 60-40 portfolio, bonds are... Usually the ballast, it's the st- stable part of the market. Well, we've gone from what was a historic bull market in bonds to this quarter, year to date, the worst bond market decline ever for a quarter. That's down 5.5%. And it's since the peak last year, you're down 8%. Well, that's not your store of value that people go to in times of trouble. So we have a very dangerous market, still extremely overpriced, and the bond market's not a safe place to go. So where do you go to? Well, I think we're starting to see institutions move into gold now. They had been avoiding it. You could see it in the major ETFs where they've added 200 tons this year to date. And you've seen it in their interest in the large cap miners as well. But the largest miner in the world went to record highs recently. It's part of the S&P. So institutions have gotten very interested in this because there's no choice. Uh, you know, there's an article today in... Um, Wall Street Journal and it was talking about the possibility of a soft landing. Well, there's no possibility of a soft landing if you look what's happened. Anytime oil prices have spiked in history, you've had a recession. And we've gone over that. Anytime you had an inverted yield curve in history, and we're close to that right now, uh, you've had a recession. You have spiking oil prices, or spiking food prices, the consumers in great difficulty. Now you have with this Russian crisis, this Ukrainian crisis, you have the spike in oil prices and food prices and shortages of food likely. There's no way they're going to avoid when they're doing QT and raising interest rates. Every time they tried to exit from their money printing episodes, it's always led to a market turmoil and that's always been good for gold. So everything, I mean, it's almost a perfect storm for gold where everything's coming together.
0: John, you, you've seen this in the past. I mean, we saw it as, as recent as 2016 when the Fed attempted to raise rates and gold the first half of the year was up nicely and gold equities were up well over 100% entry year. And then they, they sort of sold They sold back up a little bit, but still were up a lot. As the Fed tries to press this and try to raise some of those rates like you talked about, they've definitely painted themselves in a corner. You know, What do you anticipate is going to happen both in the gold trade as well as the gold equity trade, as they sort of get stubborn and try to continue to push this policy through of raising rates and tightening.
2: The yield curve says that they can't raise rates. So maybe they can raise them on the short end. But there's so much subprime debt that is financed on a floating rate basis that to me, you know, if they were to try to go to, say, 50 basis points and however many hikes, Are being priced in, they would create an enormous amount of delinquencies, bankruptcies, and more and more people out of work as a result. Again, they they simply cannot achieve the medicine which was applied under Paul Volcker in the late 1970s to stop inflation in its tracks. Because if they did, and given the fact that the economy is so more highly indebted than it was in the late 1970s, the repercussions would be really adverse and politically intolerable. And, and again, to Ed's earlier question, in an election year, it's just impossible to think that that would happen.
0: Well, you know, you, you both have said it in different ways that we're sort of in the perfect storm for, for both gold and gold equities, frankly, to do quite well. And, and they certainly have had fits and starts. We, we broke through 2000 for a while. And we've given a little bit of that back. It seems like the investors' time frame and their ability to pay attention to things is so short and so tight. John, I think you said it spot on, the pivot. At some point, that pivot, reality will set in. What do you think that is going to cause that pivot? What do you think it's going to cause the investor to say, OK, really, the Fed is not going to bail us out. Buying the dips is no longer going to work. I keep doing that and, and the market keeps selling off. What will be the, the straw that sort of breaks the proverbial you know, camel's back? And when I talk to investors, they want to know, because last year, John, you heard this and Fred, you may have heard this as well. Given everything going on, why hasn't gold done better? I heard that all the time and, and I said, well, gee, why wouldn't have gold done actually worse last year when you had the Fed just plowing capital into the market? So what will be that pivot? What will wake people up and say, we actually have an issue here and we should be thinking about more of a risk-off strategy right now and not just doubling down every time the, the market hiccups?
2: Well, I'm waiting for the pivot, I, I, I bet uh, Fred's in the same camp as that. How is super embarrassed by his bad call on inflation starting last year, and uh, Mohamed al Arian was just uh, in the press yesterday and talking about what Powell really needs to do is explain to the world how he made such a bad call. I'm not holding my breath. I really feel like the Fed is out of bullets and I've always thought that in one way gold was a put on confidence in the Fed. And if you start to sift through the various things, I know Fred does it. be interested in his take, I'm starting to see that confidence in the Fed start to ebb away pretty quickly. And I think that would be very closely connected to loss of confidence in, in the valuations that we have in the equity market.
1: I think you might be seeing that in the reaction in the 30-year bond here. Where it's been spiking up, that, that's that's a that's an indicator of loss of confidence in the Fed, right there. That's not something they wanted to see with only a 25 basis point increase. Now I don't know if that's going to continue because I think we're going to end up to a recession. But but I think it's a, a real a really a strong sign that they're that they're losing they're losing ground.
0: Historically, the late Marty Zweig would always say, "Don't fight the Fed." And I think John, you said something interesting as well, which is gold is a put on the confidence of the Fed. And, and Fred, you just said it as well. I think that confidence is going to be shaken that they're maybe not in as control as they would like us all to believe. And the first crack in the foundation, I suspect, was when they said, OK, inflation is not transitory. It's actually real. Um, and, you know, these, these CPI index numbers and stuff, I don't know how many people actually pay attention to that. I think a lot of the investors say, well, if cash is going to the market, I have the fear of missing out. I'm going to keep buying the market until they can't take the pain anymore. And the market, as you all know, will do as much as it can to inflict as much pain on as many people as possible for as long as possible. I always tell people gold is not here to replace your assets. Gold's here to allow you to stay invested in your assets. And I think that's what we're starting to see in the market today. And I think both your comments have kind of hit that spot on. I'm, re- I'm reminded by this great quote from Mark Twain. It goes, you know, history does not repeat itself, but it often rhymes. Right? We've seen this movie many times in the past, and, and Fred, I think you said it uh, earlier, we've seen gold do its job multiple times. When the market has sold off, gold has stepped up. The correlation or the lack of correlation to other assets is there. As investors walk into this room today, whether they're currently invested in the market or they're looking to put capital into the market, how should one think about gold as they build out a portfolio, whether it's, hey, I, I'm in retirement, I need to stay invested, what do I do to protect my assets or a younger investor or someone that maybe sold a business and says, I have fresh capital. I need to put it in the market, but I'm worried about the market. How do I go about doing that? How do you either stay invested or how do you get invested in the market?
2: I mean, I played golf with Pierre Lusson this weekend and he was asking me the same question. How come gold isn't higher? I was just going to say, people have no patience. You know, gold has has doubled. I
1: I, I say this latest bull market, you know, we were at we were at uh, 1050 in uh, in 2015, and 2000, beginning in 2016, and then we were at 1180. And here we, you know, a couple weeks ago, we were at 2070. These things don't happen overnight. You know, it's only been very recently. You talk about gold; it's only been very recently that the CPI numbers started to look high to people. I a year ago at this time, we were under two percent. And now we're here you know, with 8% CPI and 10% PPI, and those numbers are suppressed. Uh, it's really higher than that. So it's only in the last year we've started to see inflation. Now, if they start to pivot and start to print money again or or
0: lower rates or whatever they do, or
1: even just start talking about it, I think people are going to realize Fed's out of control.
0: And John, from your point of view, particularly with the focus on the gold mining stocks, um, you know What would your view be or what would your, uh, I don't want to say advice, but guidance be effectively on what is an investor to do? I mean, how are you going to stay in this market? Or again, more importantly, how do you put new capital to work in this market, knowing what we know and knowing what we're seeing out there?
2: Well, first of all, I don't think investors should stay in this market. I think that's the idea of buying a dip is like committing hair and carrot. I remember uh, Bob Farrell, the great market strategist for Merrill Lynch, and he's uh, still delivering his pearls of wisdom, said that investment resolve is not as strong as fear. You know, if you think it's going to work out in the long term, you're just going to go through all tremendous pain and most likely significant declines that will really test your conviction.
1: Let me give you an example on that. The 2000 tech bubble, largest market cap stocks in the world were Intel, Cisco, Microsoft, EMC and Sun Microsystems were up there as well. EMC and Sun collapsed by 97% and never came back. I mean, they eventually got bought out by different companies. Never came back. Cisco has never returned to those highs, ever. Here we are talking about 22 years later. Intel is half of the level it was 20 years later. You don't want to be buying stocks, tech stocks, or even there's a lot of areas in the market that are grossly overvalued. Value stocks, of course, are a better place, I think. But you don't want to be there in the greatest stock bubble in history. You won't recover, maybe forever, but certainly not for decades. I think
2: we should spend a few minutes just talking about the value proposition represented by gold mining stocks. They are quite profitable today. They are financially healthy. And their earnings should rise with a higher gold price. And you're not paying demanding valuations To invest even today, even though those stocks are up year to date and maybe over the last couple of years, to me that would be my message. If I could get in front of anybody and pound the table, that's what I would say. But I I know Fred will have a lot to say on that too. The
1: cheapest sector I can find is the gold area. And some people worried about the higher cost and an inflationary environment. That's true. But if you look at what's been happening here. Back in the 2000s time frame, the highest margins, dollar margins, the gold miners had was in 2012, and it was around $640. And that's the difference between the average realized gold price companies sold things for, and they're all in sustaining costs. So the high was $640. Well, where is it today? Well, it's $840. With $1,940 gold price today and a little over $1,000 for the big miners, you're looking at over, uh, over $800 in, in margins. And even with this increase in in prices we have, and I would say it's likely here in a recession, which will come out of this tightening, that you will then have declines in some of these prices like diesel, because there'll be destruction of demand. And there's a chance uh, that you could have a declining cost base. At the same time, you have rising gold prices. And that did happen one other time, talking about history repeating or rhyming, that happened in the 1930s, when uh, you had obviously the Great Depression, and there's a possibility that could happen again. But certainly, I think we'd see a severe recession if the Fed continues to tighten. And so you're likely to see declines or flattening out in, in cost, yet the gold price is likely to go a lot higher. There's a ratio, a Huey to gold ratio, and that's uh, the gold, gold stocks basically to gold. And back in the 2000s timeframe, that average 0.46 Huey to Gold ratio. Well, what is it today? It's 0.16. It would have to triple just to get to the same level. And it was even higher at certain points in the 2000s. It was 0.65, where you'd have to go up five times or four or five times to get to the same valuation. Now, because the margins are so high, you're seeing... All the majors have been buying back shares, raising dividends, constantly raising dividends. One of the reasons why gold stocks have been so depressed is they had a very difficult time in past years where the managements weren't so attuned to shareholders. And now they've they've learned learned from that. And so it's all about keeping the cost down. It's all about increasing shareholder returns. And they're doing it. These things are really cheap. It's the cheapest area you can find. You know, you talk about a, a margin of safety. Well, if you're generating enormous amounts of cash flow, and if you compare that to the overall stock market, and I know the smart people have done that. I've seen their numbers. You're looking you know, at what, dividend yields and cat free cash flow and earnings. They're all from the miners, all 50 60 70% higher than what you get from this overall stock market. So what a great place to be.
0: I think John mentioned it earlier, too. The institutions are starting to take notice. You're seeing it in the performance patterns. You're seeing it in the liquidity, the larger names that... Capital can flow to easier, it's starting to get some attention and, and talk about values. The juniors look incredible relative to the seniors within the gold mining space. So obviously, we believe in this where This is what we do for a living. But I think for those investors that are looking for a place to find value, find opportunity, the gold miners certainly look interesting. Well, gentlemen, we could we could probably spend another hour or two on this. And I may hold you to this and have you guys come back at the end of the year to revisit. What we've talked about to see uh, what's happened, because certainly this year is going to be an interesting one. You know, for our listeners who would have some interest in subscribing, Fred, to your newsletter, you know, I encourage them to look up the high tech strategist or to email you at the high tech strategist, all one word at yahoo.com. And you can also follow Fred on Twitter. And as it relates to our very own John Hathaway. For those that want to learn more about what we're doing on the Sprott Gold Equity Fund, we encourage you to visit our website at www.sprott.com. And with that, once again, I'm your host, Ed Coyne, and thank you for listening to Sprott Gold Talk Radio.
3: You have been listening to the Gold Talk podcast by Sprott Inc. For more information and insights on precious metals investing, please visit Sprott.com. This podcast should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced whole or in part. The information contained in this podcast does not constitute research or recommendation from any Sprott entity to the listener. Neither Sprott nor any of its affiliates make any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information contained in this podcast. And any liability, therefore, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage is expressly disclaimed. The views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of Sprott, and Sprott is not providing any financial, economic, legal, accounting, or tax advice or recommendations in this podcast. In addition, the receipt of this podcast by any listener is not to be taken as constituting the giving of investment advice by Sprott to that listener, nor to constitute such person a client of any Sprott entity past performance is no indication of future results.